Do you love the idea of personal growth, but find the practice of it exhausting? We get it. We're Brandon and Megan Giggling, growth coaches with the mission to put the personal back in personal growth. If you want a new way of growing into the next version of you without the frustration, guilt, and overwhelm, you're in the right place. It's time to rethink your growth journey and make it into something that works for you. You in? Welcome to Growth Reframed. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Growth Reframed. We are so happy you're here. Whether you're watching us over on YouTube or you are listening to us on anywhere you can get a podcast, we are so pumped that you've come to join us. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you. Welcome. Well, today we're going to break down communication and talking with your partner because Meg and I are going on, or we are, have been on. See, I don't even know. It's been so long. 20 years of being together and we know how hard it is. We know how difficult it is. We know how many things can kind of get in the way. And if you're not very intentional on growing and nurturing your relationship, we understand kind of the pitfalls of that and where you'll be. And so with that in mind, we totally understand that a lot of you are coming from all sorts of different places. Like maybe you're new in a relationship. Maybe you've been in a relationship for a long time like us, but we want to break down and talk about some strategies for keeping that connection with your partner, especially if you find yourself maybe in some kind of a communication, well, I should say specifically to communication. And if you're getting, you're finding yourself in a rut, uh, we want to talk through all of those things and give you some strategies on how you can combat that and hopefully give you a healthy and happy long-term relationship. I think that anyone who's been in a long-term relationship would be totally open and honest with the fact that sometimes communication comes easier and sometimes it's a little bit harder. I know that there are times when we're just able to be super open and honest and vulnerable with each other. And sometimes where communication is like, Hey, how are you? And even that feels like a struggle. Uh, so I feel like this is going to be a good episode to dive into. And with that, I just want to open this up with talking about self-awareness. I don't think that you can talk about communication and a relationship without first finding awareness in yourself, first understanding who you are, first understanding what you're about, first understanding how you work and how you want to be communicated with and how you tend to communicate. So mm -hmm. that I think is going to be step one for pretty much anyone who feels like their communication could use some work or if they are in a situation where communication seems a little halted and distant and maybe not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's all like we're all in nature to our patterns and our certain behaviors. And I think the natural inclination when you're talking about conflict, when you're talking about communication, when you're talking about interacting with anyone else, we're all guilty of this, y'all. We want to point the finger at somebody else. So you might be, and maybe have been for a long time, pointing the finger at your partner and saying, well, they're the reason. But one of the things that you were just talking about, Meg, and, and we want to touch on here is being aware of how you show up. Like what part do you play? And you might sit out there and be like, I don't play a part at all. Trust me, you do. Sorry, I'm going to call it right now. There's a part that both of you play. It's a it's an equal opportunity relationship. So like you both are playing a part. You're both coming with patterns and behaviors. So it's really having an awareness of how you show up. And so when I think about for me, uh, I like to bulldoze like a conversation. And so like I, what I mean by that is when I come to Meg, it's on my terms. It's like, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to dump. I'm ready to get all this out. And Meg's not, whether she's ready to receive it or not, that's how I show up. But then on the other side of that, just so if we can be real honest, 
I get upset if she's not there, if she's not fully committed, if she's not fully a part of the conversation because I'm, you know, pouring my heart out to her and I'm trying to let all this out. But you can't, what I've realized, what I've come to realize is in a, it's still a work in progress, y'all, is you can't do that all the time. Like I, that might be how Brandon, me, how I'm built. And you might be thinking about out there some of the patterns that you have and how you're built and that's just who you are. But you also have to be aware of how you're showing up and how you're coming across to your partner in those situations because it might not be working out in your favor. Yeah, I think I tend to internalize a little bit more, a little bit more before I come out with some information. So I think that I will sit in a conversation of my own for far too long. And I think sometimes that can create problems for me because I almost interpret it like as if I'm having the conversation out loud, but I haven't. (laughs) And so I find that I'll be prematurely upset with, with something that I actually haven't even said out loud, but I've been ruminating about it for so long that it feels real to me. And so sometimes I get myself into trouble because I've had that conversation in my head 6,000 times. And I don't know why, Brandon, why you can't be on board with it, frankly, because you should understand that. And I'm like, oh, hold on. I need to understand that this has been an internal conversation. I have Mm -hmm. not externally shared this with you. And so me having expectations about what you should be doing and how you should be handling this and how you should be processing this uh, along with me is super unrealistic. You are not a mind reader. And sometimes I just simply forget that I haven't said it out loud. Yeah. And and I think, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think it's also important to note there that a lot of times you can be communicating that with the wrong person. Like you might be talking to your best friend or someone else you know or a coworker or whatever about me and our relationship, but I'm not involved in that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you can talk around the issue so much and you're afraid to bring it to your partner. And then you feel like also that you've had that conversation, whether internal or external, but just with the wrong people. Right. Sorry, you can no, no, no. There. And my other thought about just my own tendencies while we're on the topic is that if we're in some sort of conflict situation... The way I respond is not to take it just the first time in some sort of loving, uh, calm, reserved manner. I go on the defensive immediately. And so by being aware of that, like I can start to understand how that might come off. Like, I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to be involved in this. I'm right. You're wrong. Those kind of thoughts are probably what goes through, uh, goes through my head because it's just like, I don't want to have that conversation. So I shut it down by being defensive. I just Mm -hmm. simply don't want it to occur. And so I think that by being aware of that, it has helped me at least a little bit at this point in my life, just kind of be a little bit more open to when somebody like, especially when you, but even anybody else comes to me with something that we need to talk about that might be a little more serious that I'm able to sometimes reel that in a little bit more than I used to be able to. Sometimes I'm not able to, but I try really hard to not be as defensive as I want to be because I know that's like an immediate shutdown and that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Right. Well, I had, I like the next thing I had put is just identifying the rut that you're in. And so getting real specific with acknowledging it head on of what, why you're in that. And I put down three different things because I think most of them fall into one of these buckets. It's avoiding important discussions arguing about the same issues repeatedly or not expressing your feelings and needs. And so you kind of touched on each one of those a little bit in that, but what is the reason for you being in this rut? Because you got there for a reason. Usually it's because we're not being open and vulnerable in our communication 
or we haven't built that level of trust with our partner to say, we know we can give that to you. Like, you know, now based on us studying each other that for the most part, I'm not perfect, but for the most part, when you bring something to me or I bring something to you, I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm not saying you are the problem. I'm saying I've noticed this. How can we move forward? Like the sheer fact that the person, other person's asking you what's going on should be a great indicator that they care. That's the thing. Like you have to look at it under a lens of they're coming as a form of care about me, not about themselves. And obviously if that's how they're posing it, well, that's a different discussion altogether. But if you can build that trust and identify why you have that rut, as we know, pinpointing the problem is the greatest way to have and find and search for a solution. Well, I got something on my face. <laughs> Pause for recording. Something on my face. No. <laughs> Go ahead, Meg. Exactly. I think what you kind of started to touch on this a little bit, but just being aware that there's a time and a way to open the conversation and being open to that on the other side, if you're not the one trying to initiate, like there's not always going to be the best and perfect time, but there are certainly better and more perfect times and better ways to do it and feelings and emotions that might need to come into play before you can start to have that conversation. If it's been a really tough day, if it's been an emotional time for you in your life, it might not be a time when you're ready to receive and it might not actually be a time when you're ready to really communicate because you haven't thought through the things that you need to say. And you might not come out of that conversation having delivered the message that you were hoping to give because you might not have been in a place to deliver it in a way that can be heard the right way. So I think that openness and that willingness and that ability to understand when and how the conversation should happen is a really key point in getting around these conversation and communication ruts. Because once you've identified which type of rut it is, you have to have a way to kind of open that conversation to get into it, but doing so respectfully and mm -hmm. aware of the other person involved. Yeah, I agree and disagree a little bit. So I agree because there is a point where you need to identify the certain things and make sure it's the right time and, and, and kind of take a, take a look at the horizon as far as what that person's coming into this conversation with. Like if they're running out the door, if there's, there's different things in place for when the best time is to have that conversation. Now, where I push back on it a little bit is you also at some point just need to dive in. You can't stop tiptoeing around like you can stop and need to stop tiptoeing around the conversation before it explodes. And I just remember in our relationship like that used to happen all the time. Like we wouldn't discuss it because it might not have been the right time or because of the route we were in because we're avoiding the conversation or whatever reason. Sometimes you just need to, unfortunately, tear off the Band-Aid and have the conversation. Because in the discussion of the conversation, even if it doesn't go according to plan, I'm pretty much going to guarantee it's not going to go exactly how you planned. You can do it in a respectful way, but also at some point, one of you might need to initiate the conversation. Because if you haven't gotten comfortable being vulnerable and being open and having any discussion like this, which I've seen plenty of couples who are not, then it's going to feel really uncomfortable no matter what. And it's going to be really easy to justify why you're not having the conversation because this is happening, that's happening, the kids need this, someone needs that, we have this trip coming up, don't want to do it now. There's always going to be a reason. Sometimes you just got to dive in head first and see 
what happens. Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. I think it's more of like a happy medium type situation where, yes, you do need to just dive in and have those conversations when it's become a perpetual problem. Mm-hmm. But you also might not want to do it at very certain oh, specific yes. points of the day, like yeah, <laughs> or it's certain a, emotional it's, times. It's certainly a balance. I mean, that, that's the thing. You do have to strike a balance. But uh, I think the the word of caution there is to not continue to tiptoe mm-hmm. because you're always going to find a way. Because it's way easier to not have the conversation until it's not, by the way. Right. Like it's real easy to not face it head on until it isn't anymore, until it's gotten much larger than it had to be because you were too afraid to talk about it. Then you're forced to talk about it later and it might be too far gone. I mean, I think what we've realized in our relationship is that it is better in these certain scenarios. It is better to just dive into the discomfort of it, even if it's not the perfect time to at least open the door. And sometimes that might not mean a resolution right then. It might not mean that you did it at the right time. But if you start down that road, then at least you have said something. Mm-hmm. And that has been a big thing for us. Like it might not be the perfect time and we might not have six hours to devote to this very long and lengthy and multiple time conversation. But if one of us says something, even if it's not the best time, then at least we'll have opened at least a crack in the door so that we can come back to it rather than it being like the thing we can't talk about, the thing we shouldn't say, the thing we shouldn't deal with. Because when we do want to stop dealing with it, you're right. I give you that. Sometimes it is better to just break that right open. Right, right. But like being intentional is the main thing too. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we can say, well, it might not be the right time now, but let's do it tonight. Let's do it tomorrow. Like, don't let it continue and fester. Deal with it while it's in front of you. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things I love to do, which I found super helpful, and it was actually by accident that this happens. A lot of times we want to have these discussions in a certain place. Like we want to have it in the privacy of our bedroom or we want to have it at home or we want to like do that. And we want to, I guess, have the privacy and the space that we're comfortable in. But sometimes it works if you're having a lot of issues that continue to come up to change your environment altogether. We do a great job of going out and being intentional when... And it's a lot of times it just happens, to be honest. So intentionality does come in. I don't have a backpedal on that. But sometimes it does just happen where we're out on a walk. We are out in a park. We make a choice to separate ourselves from the normal place we are. And then your mind is free from the walls and shackles of that situation, that environment, that thing to allow you to have deeper and meaningful conversations. Now, they you can just be open to that and leave yourself open to that. But if you know a big discussion is coming up or that you need to have it, maybe you're intentionally setting a meeting to do that outside of the home, outside of where you're normally trying to do that. Maybe in the car you're trying to do that. Is that the best place to do it though? And thinking about what would be the best way to do that and how we could have the fullest, deepest conversation and that's really identifying and sometimes just changing the scenery. Mm-hmm, yeah, especially in those more sensitive or bigger conversations that you know you have to have. It's actually really advantageous to do that because you might have tried to have that conversation in your house, in your bedroom, and wherever a thousand times and it hasn't gone well. But switching that perspective, switching, just taking the physical place and changing it could actually help change your mindset. So I love that idea. Yeah. And then when you do have that conversation, listen. Mm-mm-mm. We do so much talking. We constantly talk. We constantly say, and I'm guilty of it too, y'all. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that when Meg comes to me with something, I always want to be the fixer. I'm naturally a fixer. I've been very open and vulnerable on here that I am a fixer. I want to fix it and make it better for her so she doesn't have to deal with it. And if she just listened to me, then I could do that. 
but sometimes you need to listen and actually be, it, it takes way more discipline, by the way, to listen, take in how the person's feeling, get the full picture before you just dive in with the shotgun solutions. Right. We, we generally listen to respond, right? Like that's, that's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a thing on the internet or somebody told me that, but we're generally listening only so that we can have our response formulated. We're not actually listening for the sole purpose of listening. Mm -hmm. And that was so convicting to me when I heard that. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, there are so many times when the only thing I'm trying to do is wait for that next natural pause so that I can interject so that I can get in the conversation so that I can share my two cents. What if they don't want my two cents? What if you, Brandon, are not asking for my two cents and I'm just continually shoving it down your throat? And I think that it's an easy place to do it when you're in a romantic relationship, when you're in a long-term relationship, is just getting that comfort to like, I've, let's have this conversation and let's get all into it. And I want to have this discussion. So I'm just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing my views until you like choke on them, basically. And mm -hmm. sometimes that is not what the other person is looking for. Actually, a lot of the times it's not what they're looking for, but we're always trying to listen only so that we can get our words in and not listening just for the sole purpose of being there for the other person and hearing them out and wanting to understand where they're coming from. Yeah, it's a great point. And I've seen it with a lot of couples too. The other side of that is you're sitting there talking over and over and over again and not actively listening. But then on the other side, you're like, they don't ever talk about anything. They don't ever open up. Are you giving them a chance to though? Because if I want to bring something to you and be vulnerable to you, Meg, and you're just constantly talking over me about what I could do and I don't even actually get to get my thought out, then what do you think I'm going to do next time? I'm not going to bring it to you. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be willing to listen because otherwise you'll never hear the other person out and just make sure that if you're saying your partner actually isn't communicating, what has attributed to that behavior? Is it you talking over them and force feeding things down their throat? Is it you not giving them the time and space? And I, I, I've seen things with this about literally giving them in your mind, like giving them a certain amount of time to talk and have like clarity on their thoughts before you interject. Mm -hmm. Like you can do that. You can naturally do it in your head. I think Scott Miller, our friend Scott Miller says, you put your upper lip to your bottom lip, you squeeze them shut and you shut your mouth. Basically, you don't talk and you let them have it and you show discipline in a relationship and that you're a mature adult by being able to hear someone else's perspective and not just chime in immediately because you have the solution. Right. And when you have actually processed what they've said, your response is going to actually be tailored to what they were saying instead of just whatever you want to say. And the more you can just take that pause, like you were saying, the better chance that you will have of actually having that person feel like you, they hurt, like you were here, you were hearing them. You were understanding what they were saying. You actually didn't just listen so that you could get your thought in. You listened, had a thought and then responded to that exact thought, mm -hmm. not whatever they said 17 sentences ago that you just wanted to make sure you got your point across mm -hmm. and shoved that in there. Right. And it's tailor-made for what they're talking about and as specific as possible to them. Like you said, you're not sitting there saying, well, you don't hear me. You're not hearing what I'm saying. It's like, but you're, you're not giving them a chance to be clear. You know, mm -hmm. like you don't actually give them the space to say like, you're not listening to me. And a lot of times as a partner, if your partner says you're not listening to me, you feel offended. And like, no, I am listening to you. I'm responding. I'm giving you the solutions that you need. And it's like, 
But are you? Because they're clearly telling you from their perspective, not yours. And this is super important in an intimate relationship. It's not just your perspective. You have to give both sides a perspective and people see things and approach things in different ways. We've already discussed it earlier. Yeah. So be there and open to that discussion. You just made me smile because I was thinking about how many times, and we're still we're still working through this, how many times one of us will be like, well, you're not even listening. And the other person's like, yes, I am. And they will respond verbatim to like the last sentence that was just said. He's like, see, I'm totally listening. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you can repeat the knowledge that I just like imparted on you, but you're not actually hearing what I'm saying. You have no, like repeating the last sentence or repeating the last three words is not the same as hearing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just a funny, like little, little tiff that we've had before is like, you know, just that. Exact yeah. Because thing. Like, Meg can always respond with exactly what it is. And our daughter actually has this skill too, <laughs> but they have no idea what you are actually saying in the moment. Yeah. They can regurgitate the words but they're not actually able to do that. (laughs) So that is funny. Also, I think it's important with anything, but certainly in these discussions to set clear goals going into them. And so you can be really intentional about talking about what are the specific problems? What are the specific things you want to discuss? And you can even, if you schedule a time to like go to the park, to like go out of the space, like we recommended, giving them a heads up on the, the couple things that you'd like to discuss in those moments and then set a clear goal on the back end of that. The good way to make sure something never happens is to not be intentional and plan for what you're actually going to discuss. And it actually gives you a framework for leading the discussion along. Like it doesn't have to be robotic or feel like, you know, chat GPT is running this conversation, but it is useful because when emotions start to run high, which sometimes they will in these discussions, then you have to make sure that you're you're getting something out of it rather than just have, you know being upset. The likelihood of reaching a goal or moving toward a goal is a lot better if you set it originally mm-hmm. in the first place. Right. If you're trying to actually resolve something, it's not going to serve you to just keep going around and around with the same communication rut and the same complaints that you've had a thousand times. If you're truly here to solve it, then the best way to solve it is to say, hey, here's what's been going on. Here's what I think we're experiencing. Let's talk through this and actually make solid progress. And the only way to do that is to say, here's what I want to talk about. Here's what I want to accomplish today. And maybe it's not like a whole solution in an hour conversation, But shoot, if you come out of that and you have even the next two steps of how you're going to handle it, maybe it's one step plus the next conversation will be next week kind of a thing. Any plan is going to move you further along than having no plan and never having the conversation. Right, right. And then lastly, we've talked a lot about the, the facing the conversation head on. We've talked a lot about being intentional about it. We've talked a lot about strategies we can use when the discussion's happening. But let's talk a little bit about when it goes south. Okay. If it's not going well, if your partner's not being receptive, if it's, if a fight is breaking out, if you're having an argument, if you are, you know, given the shotgun responses, if it's just, if it's just flat out, not going the way it's supposed to go, because trust me, it happens. Provide the time and space that each of you needs to come back to it at a, at another time, because it is okay to walk away. You should plan the time that you're going to get back together and actually discuss it. So it doesn't sit out there unresolved. However, you are allowed to provide that time and space to each other to say, hey, you know, I, I just need a little time to process this. And I say this because both Meg and I are, are not necessarily always processing it amazingly in the moment. But after we have some time, many times we come together, even when we have an argument and we've had time to process it and we're like, 
that was ridiculous. That was stupid. I was upset because of this reason that had nothing to do with you. And that's what was really causing the issue. And so providing that time and space is okay. Yeah. And I love that you said, don't use it as an excuse essentially to not have the conversation. Cause that is never what we're meaning. We actually fully believe that you should always have the conversation, even when it's a little bit jilted, even when it's a little bit, uh, icky and uncomfortable and you don't really know what to say and you don't really know how to say it and you don't know if you're coming off. Okay. All of those things, yeah, they might make it uncomfortable, but they're still necessary. So even if that's happening, and even if you're having that conversation and you do need the time and the space, always come back to it. Always come back to it. And I'm so glad you made that point. Right. And it just takes, the the facts are, even when you try these things, it takes consistent and constant effort. A lot of times we want the quick fix. We want the band-aid fix. We want this problem to just go away. The longer you put it off and the longer you're not having open and meaningful conversations, the more likely it is that these issues have gotten larger and larger. They don't just go away by ignoring them. But a lot of times when you first try to do it and you first try to do this, like me and Meg are way on the other side of having these types of conversations, but we weren't always there. When we were in those moments in the past, it seemed really defeating. It seemed really challenging. It seemed really hard because... It's just like, why aren't they responding? And I'm trying these things. And we talked about doing this and it's not working. But you have to remember, y'all, it's a lifelong process and it takes consistent effort to make it happen. And if you want that successful and intimate relationship, you're going to have to be willing to go there and put forth an effort. It's not just going to happen. Right. And if it feels like all of this is so far beyond what you could possibly accomplish right now, listen, I would encourage you to start where we started so many years ago. Ignore all of the hard stuff, just temporarily, and have fun. Connect with each other. Enjoy each other. And when you realize that there's something there, and you actually do enjoy each other, and you can have this great, amazing relationship, and it is still somewhere in there, even if it's buried, even if it's buried deep, start there. And then when you've reestablished yourselves a little bit, then introduce some of the conversations, then use these strategies, then come out and say, all right, now I think it's time. We've, we've now, we've now recovered just a tiny bit, but now we got to do some of the hard work. And I think that that's a really good place to start too. If you feel like it's just not, not going to happen for you right now, that doesn't mean give up or don't try. It means go back to the beginning. Yeah, I think that's a great place to leave it and a great piece of advice. Y'all, if you need anything, if you have any questions, if you try some of these strategies and you you, you, you know, you get stuck, whatever it is, you can always reach out to us at Growth Reframed. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, we love y'all. and We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Growth Reframed. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to connect with you. So shoot us a DM on Instagram at Growth Reframed. We love y'all.